Who's ready for season two? and welcome back. Today's episode is something that I hope will find you at the perfect time if this is a message that you need to hear going into the holiday season. Next week is already Thanksgiving and then after that we have Christmas and New Year's and it honestly just feels like it came so fast. I can't believe that we're already at the end of this year. So much has happened There have been so many things that I've wanted to accomplish, many of which I have, many of which I haven't. And I don't know about you, but the beginning of the year, I always feel like I do a really good job of setting some intentions, of setting some goals for the year, of having some sort of a New Year's resolution. That's never something that's too overwhelming or makes me feel any type of way, but something that gives me a little bit of motivation for the year ahead makes me feel like, okay, I have a goal to reach. I have some homework to do. And for me personally, I like having that quote unquote homework. I like having something that I'm working towards or something that gives me a little bit of structure. I find that if I have no structure, then I'm left missing deadlines that I'd made for myself or I'm just left kind of doing things willy nilly without having a structure to my day. So that's something that's helpful for me. But one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, especially as I've been listening to some other podcasts where some of the guests have talked about their past eating disorders is the fact that almost every single one of these influencers that I've heard talk about past eating issues all represent or all appear today incredibly thin. And that's not a diss on anyone, but sometimes I feel like because I went through a very similar experience with my eating disorder and bulimia, I feel like because I now don't necessarily look the part, that it may be one of those situations where people think, "Uh, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Yeah, she lost a lot of weight then, but man, she's really let herself go. And not that I feel like I need to necessarily explain this for anyone, But at the same time, I almost feel like I do because I, I think that there's this either misconception or there's this narrative that if you finally admit to the world and to yourself, yes, I did struggle with an eating disorder. I cared so deeply about what my body looked like and about how others viewed my body that I harmed myself intentionally to reach an ideal that was more acceptable by the larger group of society as a whole that gave me the feedback that I so desperately needed about, wow, you look so good. Wow. Oh my gosh. You must be working so hard. Good for you. That once you get past the shame, because primarily the reason that most people don't come forward with an eating disorder is due to shame. They're inherently over overwhelmed with a sense of I've cheated the system. I 
am so disgusting. I can't believe this is my only out. Like, I can't believe that this is the only way that I'm able to see results. I needed a quick fix. How do I even do this if I'm going to be a regular human? What does it even mean to eat intuitively? I still struggle with some of those things today. And as a result, I feel like I've gone the opposite direction that some of the women that I've seen struggle from eating disorders have gone. And let me explain what I mean by that. Because for me, when I went into a period of healing, I went into a period of letting go of every single thing that I had been doing that contributed to my eating disorder in any way, shape, or form. So for instance, I was counting every single calorie, even when I went out partying and drinking, until I got to the point where I was almost too drunk to care, which was almost my intention whenever I would drink. Anyways, it was this crutch that I was using to allow myself to feel a little bit more carefree and feel like, okay, we won't even get into that necessarily right now. But I... My goal during my the height of my eating disorder journey was to burn a thousand calories a day from exercise. That could mean sitting on the workout bike for three hours, watching a movie or watching Real Housewives or whatever, even if I wasn't like pedaling so crazily, just the fact that I was actually sitting there doing some sort of cardio. I would go to the gym and do weight training. I would take my dog on a three-mile walk. Every single thing that I did was based around this goal, burning a thousand calories, despite what I ate and despite the fact that almost every single thing that I ate, I would then purge because that's how it worked. That's how I saw the results. And that lasted until I pretty much got a desk job because I was working at a gym at the time. So I had the ability to basically be on my feet, be moving around, be doing some workouts, showing people workouts so that it allowed me the opportunity to be really into that scene. And I vividly remember testing out this new scale or something that we got for the gym at the time and standing on the scale and being weighed because I was excited to see what I might actually weigh knowing that I had been putting in so much work quote unquote and I weighed 138 pounds and I'm 5'9 and that's really not my body type and for me that's the lightest I've ever weighed as an actual adult and I remember just being so proud inherently of that number And not necessarily shouting it from the rooftops, but just being like, oh yeah, this scale definitely works. Here's how I could use it with clients, yada, yada, because it told you things like body fat and all of those other things. I don't remember any of those other numbers, but the number that really has been seared in my head to show me like from starting point to now was that number. And once I started working at a desk job, you're sitting nearly the entire day. So it's pretty much impossible for you to be able to maintain that same level of activity that I was doing beforehand when I worked at the gym and I could go on a walk at any hour of the day and I could be gone in and out of the house. I was only doing four hour days at the gym in terms of like my work schedule. So the rest of my day was completely free. Now I was commuting on BART almost three hours each way, plus working for eight hours plus, you know, coming home. So it really was impossible for me to maintain that level of fitness and that goal of let's burn a thousand calories. I 
actually feel like I at times put my job at risk because I was so desperate to get out of that desk. I would forego certain timelines, deadlines, activities at work just so I could get out of the office and try to fit in a one hour walk. And that's when I was brand new in my job. I was an intern. If I saw any of my interns today just saying that they needed to get out for an hour to do a walk when I knew that they had deliverables that I needed to get, I would tell them, you can do your walk later. This needs to get done. I'm expecting this to be done. No one actually talked to me about that, but I'm sure that it impacted how I was viewed in terms of how much I cared about that job because the only thing that I cared about was maintaining the level of physique that I had worked in my mind so hard to do over the past few years. And my eating disorder did not stop for another five to six years from that point because it was, it was, but it ended up looking a little different. I still remember people telling me how thin I was and what a nice body I was, which of course impacted the length of this journey for me, given the fact that I was so desperate to maintain that level of appeal externally to others based on the fact, the size and shape of my body. But now I feel like I've not only gained a drastic amount of weight, I have all these new stressors that I feel like are potentially contributing to certain things within my body. And I also feel that given the amount of time that I went through that fiasco, I have seen the impact of my body going a little bit haywire. I feel internally like there are certain things that no longer are calibrating potentially in the same way that they were. I don't feel like my hormones are intact, especially after having two kids, but I refuse to go back to that realm where I was in the past, where the majority of everything that I did was based around what I was eating, how much was like, how many calories were in those things? When am I going to get a workout in? The most important thing to me in the entire world was my physical appearance. Since that time, the most important thing in the world to me is my family, my children, my husband, making sure my children are eating, making sure they have someone who can comfort them in the middle of the night when they're crying, when they're sick. And this is in no way saying that, well, because I have children, I'm not prioritizing fitness because I still work out pretty much every single day. Sometimes, some weeks, I definitely ebb and flow. So I still work out at least three to five times a week. If I'm having a really busy or an off week, it'll maybe be realistically one to two. But I've also gotten to this point where I have a very hard time going back to counting calories and a very hard time acting or living in a restrictive lifestyle, which I know contributes to my weight gain. But now I am technically like clinically obese. And from going from that period of eating disorder to now, continues to be very hard but the thing that's so ironic is that I have actually never been happier or more confident in who I am as an individual and having the peace of mind that I have about my own personal journey about what I have to offer to the world about my purpose on this planet 
And at that time, during the height of my eating disorder, I had none of that. Purpose was not even something I was considering. The only purpose that I felt like I had was to be the prettiest or the skinniest girl in the room by whatever measures possible and deny, 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 deny anytime someone was questioning my thinness. If people asked if I had an eating disorder, I would laugh it off intentionally and try to make that person look stupid by saying, I work at a gym. All I have time to do the entire day is work out. I'm sure if that person had time to work out, then maybe they'd be a little more fit also. I was so sharp in the tongue when people would question my thinness. I would bite back pretty hard and... It, it came from a place of vulnerability. Of course, I still feel bad about that. I even had, you know, one of my closest friends at the time, I would talk to her all the time about, oh, so-and-so was jealous because I'm actually skinny. So-and-so I think thinks that I have an eating disorder, but I don't know why they would think that. They don't see all the work that I'm putting in in the back end, et cetera, et cetera. And we would spend so much time talking about this where I would just basically I would continue to talk about it until I was convinced that there was no level of questioning from this person or from these group, this group of people that that even existed where I knew or I felt like, okay, I've convinced them that this doesn't exist. I would purge at their houses. I would purposefully go out to eat and have something huge or this meal that I definitely didn't even want knowing that, oh, well, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to purge this anyway. So there was no real level of Well, A, there was no confidence, absolutely zero, even though externally it probably appeared that I was deeply confident. I was absolutely not. I was living in this place of shame and this place of guilt with no one knowing about what I was going through and so desperately wanting to be able to talk to someone about how I actually felt about myself and all of these fears I had because it's really my eating disorder was based on a fear response. When I tore my ACL, my MCL, and my meniscus during a flag football game at my sorority years, weeks before I turned 21, I was terrified when I saw, oh my God, my muscle mass and my quad immediately disappear. I had very strong legs. I always had. I played soccer my whole life. I was working out. I was eating incredibly healthy. I was intentionally working to avoid the freshman 15, so much so that I was working out you know, that's probably like when I started to realize, oh, if I gain weight, this will be, this will have some sort of a negative impact on my life. And so I was working out all the time. I literally had a six pack. There's a photo of me in a toga that we made for one of the events after I had joined my sorority. I have a legit six pack, um, very little fat on my body at all. And of course I was never the thinnest person in just by nature anyways, but I was fit and I was working hard to, to be like that. I was eating very healthy. I was watching. I wasn't necessarily counting calories, but I was making smart decisions when it came to things like snacks. I was eating things that, you know, maybe weren't as exciting, but instead of going for a bag of Doritos, I would have a bag of carrots and hummus. And that to me felt relatively satisfying at the time. That's still not necessarily the thing that I love to eat the most, but it's something that gives you an opportunity to make a choice and to feel good about it. And that's something that I think has a a very positive impact on your mental health. I am now at a period in at a period in my life 
where there is so much going on and I am so busy that I absolutely and wholeheartedly put off the idea of what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat, what this is even going to look like, because it's almost too overwhelming for me to to truly add that as a layer to my ongoing day. As a result, I am saddened by the fact that I now am technically considered obese due to the fact that I'm no longer contributing to my eating disorder in the same way that I was. That makes me very sad. And it's honestly been one of the hardest things that I've had to continuously overcome during this journey of recovery from my eating disorder is the fact that at this point in my life, I am obese. I am plus size. And I guess this is a message for any women or girls that are out there that have at one point in time gone through an eating disorder and in a sense feel like they've lost that part of themselves. It almost feels like a competitive drive. It almost feels like they've lost some part of themselves that allowed them to go down that journey for so long. It does not make you any less worthy, but I understand you and I feel you and I know how hard it is to be out with the fact that you've had an eating disorder and to have people look at you now and think, hmm, that's surprising. Usually people that have eating disorders are still really skinny because they care so much about what they look like. Clearly this person does not care what they look like. That is absolutely not true. I have just shifted my priorities and where all certain parts of my life come first, like my mental health, my physical appearance has dropped from number one to I don't even know what number to allow myself to focus on some of the things that mean a lot more. I still care deeply about my appearance and I am every single day working on figuring out what does it look like for me to maintain a spirit of health? What does it look like for me to try to eat right? What does it look like for me to eat in general anymore? And how do I maintain this level of caring about my appearance, caring about my mental health, caring about my family, doing all of the things that I need to do and not jumping back into some of those behaviors that got me into this situation in the very first place. That is one of the hardest things that I have continued to work on that I am continuing to work on when it comes to balance. I think one of my goals for 2024 is to really try to figure that out. I've been in recovery for years now, maybe six, um, And that's great, but each year I've gained like 30 pounds almost, which I know is not normal because the way in which I eat or drink is not in excess by any means. Of course, I'll still have periods where I feel like the tendency to binge is there when I find myself having some sort of an emotional reaction or some sort of an overwhelming event take place in my life, which actually just happened yesterday, binged some ice cream, felt so guilty afterwards and honestly had the worst stomach ache ever. I had to put myself right to bed after I put the kids to bed because I just felt so nauseous and terrible. I'm still going to have to be dealing with some of those emotions and some of those behaviors but 2024 for me, I'm hoping is the the year when I figure out what that moderation actually looks like and when I'm able to reach some of those weight goals that have continuously been so impactful for me. When I see progress, knowing that there's a better way for me to do this than the old way that I used to rely on that was so harmful to my overall health and made me feel so terrible about myself, so full of shame and so guilty. 
And, you know, there's this quote that I remember being on the mirror of some girls in my sorority house when I was in college that said, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. And that was before my eating disorder ever began. And I think looking at messages like that and then identifying that, oh, wow, that feels quite sad. At the time, I remember thinking... At their time, I remember thinking a few things. One, wow, these people have so much damn willpower to be able to not eat because that has never been something that I've been able to do. Anorexia style behavior and restriction in that way has not ever been something that I have been capable of doing. I have always loved to eat. I love food. I love thinking of new ways to prepare meals and all of those things. So it never made sense for me. And I was 100% a drunk eater. So it never made sense for me to just not eat in general. Like that was not an option for me. The lack of control felt much more aligned to me and to the sort of personality style that I have and to what seemed actually feasible for me. And what I mean by that is what seemed possible for me was eating whatever the heck I wanted and then using measures like bulimia to then say, oh, okay, well, instead of me actually having to do any solid work and not eating because that's too way too hard, I'll do this. And I think that's something that we need to be so careful of as moms as women on the internet with our friends with our daughters with our siblings whomever because those messages just reinforce that nothing that you are doing right now even even if you are eating well will ever be as good or taste or feel as good for you as starving yourself will as being skinny will and I don't think that that's the truth yes I think it would feel great to have a little bit more freedom in my choice of attire in terms of what feels good on my body, what I can actually fit into, the sorts of styles I want to wear that look better in my mind on certain types of bodies. Yes, I still fall for all of those things. I still, of course, think, oh, if I had so-and-so's body, I would wear this, this, and this. And one of my girlfriends recently was like, well, why don't you just wear it? And I was like, well, <laughs> because I don't feel like I can. I don't feel like I should. And I'm not trying to sound or at all appear like I'm sitting on top of my soapbox talking about this eating disorder that I clearly have not 100% overcome, but I have overcome the habits that I adopted during the height of my eating disorder in terms of tracking all of my calories. And I think that, you know, weighing myself, hoping that I had a certain number on the scale. I remember laying down, lifting up my thighs, and if I could grab any amount of fat on my legs, I would like get up and do leg lifts or squats and I would try to grab my stomach. I was measuring every part of my body to see did I gain anything, a centimeter, a millimeter, because I wanted to maintain or shrink. Anything that was larger was absolute terror. Sheer terror was what I would describe as weight gain when I was in recovery and before I was even in recovery. The idea of gaining any weight and not losing weight consistently moving forward was so heartbreakingly terrifying that the idea of not being able to maintain the current body type that I had felt so debilitating that there was almost no possibility in my mind. There was just no way that I couldn't maintain the figure that I had. I had to do everything in my power 
the first time that I actually started feeling really good was when I was pregnant and I felt like I have to gain weight. It was still incredibly difficult. I'm not going to lie to you seeing those numbers on the scale as you get weighed. Sometimes they don't tell you, but I would consistently ask like, what's my weight? What's my weight? What's my weight? And then instead of actually being so terrified of the number, I would have to just take a deep breath and say, okay, this is what's meant for my body right now. And I think the reason why I had so few issues with my stomach during my pregnancy and so few issues with things like I had an endoscopy, a colonoscopy prior to getting pregnant because I was having so many issues. I think it's truly because my gut and my brain barrier were not having any synchronicity. There was no chance for alignment due to the fact that A, I was purging everything. I probably had so much overgrowth and so much bacteria in my gut. And the simple fact that my brain was chemically just so fucked up from everything that I put it through and from the sense that I had never actually had a diagnosis for anything like depression or anxiety or been on medication and that that chapter didn't come until later. And now I am on medication and I'm on the lowest dose you can possibly be on, which is amazing because I think it's helped me see things a lot more clearly but it's also allowed me to have a lot more variability in my emotional state because I am feeling things to a degree in which I had never actually felt them before, which is quite an eye-opening experience when you've been utilizing alcohol or your eating disorder to kind of give yourself that serotonin boost because I'm not going to lie to you, the feeling of actually purging after you had a binge episode was so... I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like this... Ah, feeling. It was a feeling of release, like having a great sexual encounter. And I don't want to obviously compare the two, but in a sense, like that's kind of how it felt to me was this release because you have so much pent up anxiety and so much pent up emotion and unwavering. Oh my God. Like feelings when you're going through that episode that when you actually utilize that purging moment that it feels like that. And I don't give myself an opportunity to even go through that anymore. And I think it can be difficult to be someone who is so drastically concerned about their body. I genuinely don't know if I have body dysmorphia because there are certain times when I'll look at myself in the mirror or when I take a photo of myself and feel, hmm, okay, I actually feel like I look pretty good. And then for instance, I'll go to the gym and the mirrors at the gym, I feel like make me look like I am a balloon animal trying to move around. I just feel like the mirrors at the gym make me look humongous where normally I would be so petrified to even be in that physical body that I would leave the gym out of just sheer embarrassment of looking the way that I look where now I care not about, I mean, of course I, I can't say I care not because I do care that it, the image that is reflected back to me in the mirror at the gym looks so drastically large compared to the image that I kind of have in my mind about how I actually am appearing in person. But I have to push that image away and that feeling away because my, the opportunity I'm creating for myself to allow myself the room for mental, physical clarity through exercising is non-negotiable to me at this point in my life where previously I was using it as more punishment to burn calories. Now I use it as a moment of clarity, as a moment of quiet, as a moment of opportune, you know, opportunistic healing, truly, for my own mental and physical well-being. I can tell the difference when I don't actually 
conduct any sort of physical exercise or I'm not working out. And when I do right now, I'm huge into weight training. Are there other things that I could be doing that could help me lose weight faster? Yes, probably. Is my diet the biggest thing I need to work on? Yes, probably. Am I finding joy, peace, and some sort of serenity from being able to mindfully move my body in that way? Yes, 100%. The reason why I think I love weight training so much is not because it's not hard, because I'm lifting the most weight I have ever lifted. In some sessions, I'm lifting over like 13,000 pounds total, including you know the number of reps I'm doing at certain weight ranges. That makes me feel strong. The feeling of feeling strong when I'm doing some sort of an exercise makes me feel amazing. And the fact that each movement has to be relatively slow, it's not making my cortisol go through the roof like let's say a hit class would, that makes me feel great. I like the mind and body connection through weight training and I think I would recommend it for anyone who's feeling like they're missing that mind and body connection. Yoga 100% will give that to you also and it'll include the stretching and so much mindfulness. This is a little bit less on the mindfulness scale and more on the physicality of being able to identify and feel that strongness that will 100% exude from you when you're in the process of actually doing weight training. So all of this to say is that eating disorders don't always look the same on everyone. And while it is, of course, heartbreaking to have ever gone through that, if you're someone who has never gone through it, but you have a friend like me who has, and they continue to go through it, just be there for them. And if you're someone who thinks that only eating people that have had eating disorders maintain that thinness, my, I have a hard time, and maybe this is just my judgment because it, I'm not in a place where I want to be. I have a hard time thinking that anyone who has had an eating disorder in the past and is now still incredibly thin, like a size zero to two, and when maybe that's not their natural body weight, doesn't still struggle with eating. I have a very hard time believing that. That could just be my own naivety or however you say that, naivete. I would hope to God that anyone who is going through that that has kids finds that balance. And if they have and that's just how their bodies look and that's not how mine looks, then that is amazing. Because I think the more that we can encourage women to feel the best that they can feel by living a healthy lifestyle and finding balance between eating, drinking if they so choose, physical exercise if they so choose, and finding ways to have more alignment with our mind and body is the key. This is more of a call to action to say that eating disordered bodies do not all look the same. If you are someone who has struggled with an eating disorder and you do not look like the thin poster child for an eating disorder, you are 100% not alone and you do not have to feel ashamed of still being bigger than what you think the ideal recovery weight looks like. Find something that allows you the chance to move and feel connection to your body that makes you feel good. That's the only action that you have from this episode. Find something that makes you feel good and stick to it. Promise yourself that no matter what, despite whatever you are going through, you will build and make that time for yourself so that you can allow a moment of synchronicity between your healing body and your healing mind to build that connection that will make it feel joyful so that you will want to come back to do that physical exercise again at some point in time. I just hope, hope, hope that for all of you so, so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Kylie Says. If you feel so inclined, it would mean the world to me if you would like and rate and subscribe to this podcast. We have so much incredible content coming soon. Things like talking about sobriety. What does that look like? How do you do it? How do you incorporate it back into your life? 
living a world of spirituality, being a psychic medium, so many fun things to come. So stay tuned and I cannot wait to continue this journey with you.